Boom, boom. How's it going? Welcome aboard. And it is I, your boy, TJ Tarai Jack. And I am here again with my boy, Joe Sunny, And we are talking about, you do know what we are talking about. Yes, we talk about anything and everything around property. But in particular, when Jumi Sunny uh, is here, we talk about town planning. Because he's the expert here. He is a town planner. And uh, I utilize Jim uh, Sunny in my own business and I have seen the work that he does. But over and above that, he's been in the business for longer than I've been in property. Uh, so that's why I hang out with him. Jim Sunny, welcome. Hi, Taurai. Hopefully you are good today. Weather is looking good in Houding. It's a bit, I think a few days since we've had the rain, but you know, the sun is also welcomed and we are enjoying the weather. Awesome stuff. On our previous videos uh, that I've covered at Hudunsani, who's the expert here, um, he, 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 we have gone out to talk about uh, how to establish a land uh, into a township uh, from when it is agriculture. And somewhere in the link, you can be able to see it. Uh, but if this is something that you want to, to follow, we are going through into the process actually now of now you've got or you you've got an established township. And the question that I want to ask of you, Dumisani, is that when you've got an established uh, township, like let, let's talk about Brightstone or whatever township it is, uh, how does it come laid out in terms of zoning? Um, uh, because it was agriculture, so now it's an established township. Uh, like what is it zoned for? Okay, yes. So when you apply for a township establishment, you would normally specify the zonings that you would want, right. the number of stands that you are going to have, because remember, you are now cutting it into smaller pieces of land, which now becomes your ERFs. Out of that ERF, then you'll say ERF number one can be residential one, ERF number two can be residential three, ERF number four can be business one or business two. So when you do your township, you do you also do what we call a layout plan, something similar to what it's, it's on my background, and it has right. different colors. So those mm -hmm. colors are annotations of what the zoning will, will be. The blue or the sign will be for normally for educational, you know. I, I, was, I was about to ask you, I was actually about to ask you to decide, do they mean anything? Because I have seen those colors consistently. Um, and, and, I'll, and I'm glad that you're actually sharing with us here. So blue, you say it's for educational purposes. Yes, then your yellow would normally be residential one. Hold Anything on that then becomes orange, yes. Whilst you're on the blue, so what does blue mean? Uh, educational, is it for uh, educational in terms of schooling or also in terms of uh, accommodation? Okay. Educational, we are talking about educational in terms of an educational facility where right. you have your lecture halls, your classrooms, or maybe you have a daycare, you know, or a secondary school or, yeah, it's not for, it's not educational for res, what they normally call okay. res, residential accommodation okay. for students, no. Right. Okay. Thank you. Yes then your yellow would, would normally be your residential one, meaning you can only build one house, like we said in our previous uh, interaction, one house with an outbuilding where you have your seven quarters. 
Right. Then you you would have some something that is pinky or a bit pinkish that would normally be your community facilities. On your community facility, you're talking about anything like a community hall, a clinic, a police station, a municipal building. Those would normally be your community facility. A red would represent business. So there's different kinds of red. You normally have just a normal field red, or you'll have red with lines. Then that's business too, and so on and and so forth. And mm -hmm. anything that it's a bit, um, you know, a, a color that it's a purple would normally represent industrial uh, use, you see. So those colors, are they come with an approval when your township then it's approved from your layout. Then right. you will be having stand number one up until stand number 10. They will have their different land uses and they will also have their different zonings. And the zoning is also attached now to what we call development controls. Those are your, what is the coverage that you, you can have, the maximum? What is the maximum height you can build? What is the parking requirements? What are the building lines? So those will normally now guide you when you put in your building plan to say, do not exceed this much. Yes. Right. In our previous video that uh, we were talking to, uh, you did indicate to me that, you know, sometimes, and this is also a confession of mine, uh, when I'm buying, you know, back in the days, I never used to look at uh, the zoning certificate of the actual property. And we did say that the zoning certificate is actually the DNA of the property. And the zoning certificate then speaks to these colors that you are telling us here on. Uh, you didn't cover green. What is green? All right, green will be a, what we call a public open space. So okay. there's two types of green, yes. Then the other green, depending on the municipalities, either can be brown or dark green. It's normally agricultural. So you will still have agricultural within some of the townships for the land that they want to live for food gardens and yeah, a little bit of farming here and there, yes. All right, good. So in the event that uh, this, I think for many people, you know, who watch this, they're already in an area which is a township already. Like for instance, I've lived all my life in established townships. Uh, so I don't, I, other than when I went a little bit crazy and I started doing some chicken farming back in the days, uh, that's when, you know, I started actually exploring uh, uh, farmlands and things like that. But I've been always in townships that are already established. So which means that people like me, a lot of them, they're buying properties already that are established. And uh, at many a times we are buying in the yellow part or yes. potentially you're going to buy something that's in the green, but you actually don't know. And I'm speaking back to the zoning certificates where you don't check to see this property here that I'm buying here because you might be buying and it's a house, but it's actually sitting on a gray or it's sitting on a purple. Uh, you know, that, that's very much possible because you're not looking on this zoning certificate. So if you're going to take away anything from this video today, it's about check to see when you're buying, what is the property uh, zoned for? Because that's what you're buying, the, the, the use of that particular land. But we want to cover something more, more important here, Dumisan, which is, I have bought what I've bought and it is what it is. I'm here now, right? Uh, I bought it and it's res one. But 
I am next door maybe to the purplish, and we said purplish, that's more of your uh, light industry, right? And I'm seeing traffic coming through and I want to do a little bit of business there. Um, so how do I change now my zoning uh, from um, yellow, which is race one, to accommodate my business? You know, a lot of people, they put up a, a spaza shop um, and like, if you really look at it, a lot of people don't even have consent for that. But there's always something that might go wrong. It might not go wrong in your first generation, but in the second generation, it might go wrong. And that's when you get into trouble. So if we are wanting to do something the right way, what is the process? Uh, I, I got a feeling that a person like you needs to be, to be involved in uh, asking for consent. Uh, what does that process look like? Okay. Um, the first thing I'll say, when you buy a property, even though sometimes maybe you might not have a town planner at your disposal. My other advice would be a zoning certificate is a public document. Yes, they charge you a little fee to print it out. So go and get the zoning certificate before you sign that sales agreement or that offer to purchase, because right. then you will know what you are really buying. That is number one. Number two, then you have bought the land. Now you want to convert it to suit what you want to do, because maybe you, you bought a res one, like you said, but you have just lost your job and you are like, okay, maybe let me start a business. And the first point where I can start a business is home because I don't have money to go and pay rent some, somewhere else. So right. there's what we call consent use and there's a rezoning. So the consent use would normally be a secondary right on top of the primary right. The primary right would be residential. Then the secondary right might be a spaza shop like you have said. You get a town planner, they compile and submit an application on your behalf for a consent in order to get the secondary right, which now will become a spaza shop. The approval, when it comes, it will tell you that the dominant use will still remain residential, even right. though you might be operating right. a spaza shop, because that has an impact on your property rates and your property value also. Do they or go up or they go Okay, normally when you have a consent, depending also in terms of how your property would look and all of that. But automatically when you have a, an extra right or an extra use, the property rates would normally go up because your, the value of your property has went up, you see. Uh, so you your rates is calculated based I think that's why we don't go ahead to do the consent because now we are paying more on the rates and taxes. Yes, and however, you still have an opportunity to go to council to, to say, before you reevaluate or after you have reevaluated, they normally have, I think, 90 days to right. allow you to object to say, no, it's too high. Please bring it down because of A, B, C, D. You have reasons that you can state. Right. See, they can bring it down so, so that you still pay within what you afford. Because one of the mandate of government is not to just outrightly take money out of your pocket, but it's also to ensure that you can still survive. You see, right. so they will have a look at it to, to say, we want you to still thrive. And we know that your business can still create one or two more jobs in the local uh, township that you are in. So council would, would encourage that. Then okay. the other application we we're talking about was a rezoning to say, then the rezoning is just a total change of the use and the zoning that you have on your site. So if you are having residential one and you want to put full business rights, 
you'll have to apply for a, for a rezoning and the property rates, they are gonna be more higher than on a concept because now it's a total change. It's now a business stand than a residential stand. So you appoint a town planner, they prepare an application from the beginning up until the end. It goes through the process of what we also call public participation, where it gets advertised in the provincial gazette, in the newspaper, and also a site notice placed on your property for a period from the first day of publication. It's normally uh, 80 days for people to object or, or do any representation of any form, you see. Then after that, it's approved. Your rights then get what we call proclaimed. They get brought to life now. They are activated to say, now you have business rights and you can start operating your business. Yes. So it's very clear here now, Tipsani, yes. uh, to me in terms of what you're saying here. Uh, consent is totally something, but that's very different from rezoning. Uh, and they have their own processes in terms of how you can actually do it, right? Now, if I want to change, if I want to ask for consent, uh, I need to come through again, I think, to someone like you, right? Uh, who is a town planner. Yes. What are the small steps, again, that we need to take for asking for consent? And how can you help me to achieve uh, just, you know, having my spaza on my, on my, on my property? Okay. The first, the first thing is to, from where, when you approach me, is yeah. I would ask this, and this has happened a number of times. Be as honest as possible to say, I've been operating for this number of years, it has been illegal. And now maybe I've been forced to legalize. Or it's a new thing that I am starting. Because that information is it's important. Because it can either determine to say, you still operate after I submit your application because you have been operating because at the end of the day, whatever fees that I'll be charging, maybe you are generating them from that spaza shop. And should then the spaza shop be closed, you might not even have fees to pay for anything, you know? And I think that has to come upfront to say, I've been operating and now I've been given a notice to say I must formalize. Or I've just lost my job. I thought of opening a spaza shop. That's why I'm here to you. I would say to you, we'll go back to some of these processes, the first stages are, are, are the same. Is the property yours? Yes. Do you have a title deed? Yes or no. Why don't you have it? Because the bank still has it because I have a bond on the property. Okay, let's request a title deed, but also let's submit a letter to the bank to ask them permission or consent to say they permit us to do a consent on your property. We get right. all of that. I give right. you a power of attorney, you sign, I start preparing their application, motivating memorandums, locality plans, zoning plans, and all those with a site plan to show, to show in relation to the property, where is this spaza shop? Is it at the gate? Is it at the back? How do you access it? You see, all of, all of those things. I submit the application, goes through the process of public participation. It goes to the water department, the sewer department, the environmental department, the electricity department, the traffic department. They give their comments, it comes back, then they compile a report for the committee. The committee approves, then you have your consent. The process can take anything between three to six months from the beginning to the end. There you are, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Dumisani has just covered the process of uh, asking for consent. Again, your primary zoning still stands, but then you just ask for a different consent. Dumisane, I bought a brothel at one point. Um, 
a house that was used for prostitution purposes. Uh, mm. And um, at that time I said to my guys, let's just continue with the business. This is the oldest business uh, that has ever been established. It's even there in the Bible. Uh, there's good money. And all of my guys said, no, we cannot do that. But the reason why I'm talking about that is running a brothel is a business. And that's a special consent. And it might start off by not just running a brothel. It might start off by one activity that leads up to the next and to the next. And then all of a sudden it's what it is. And I'm going to give on to the next, uh, to the next one. Uh, you might have student accommodation. And again, it starts off with one student. And, and, and this property that, is, uh, that's, that we eventually bought as a, as a brothel, Dumsan, it started off as a, a girl's student accommodation. Hmm. And uh, it just so happened that the owner left and the students never left and they continued running their own business there. And by the time we came, we actually bought it on auction, Candlelight, um, pre-auction. But the point that I'm trying to make here is that I think we start off, I've given these two examples here because I'm in student accommodation. It, you can get either a rezoning for it or you can get uh, a consent for it. Right, um, and I think we start off. The intention is good. No, I'm just gonna have ten students because it's my, the bylaws is. I'm still within the radar, but the money becomes good, and you go on to twenty students, and one day the house burns. One day, the, your students are making lots of noise. The neighbors complain. What are the repercussions if you do not ask for consent and someone else reports you to the council because I have lived that. Um, and I want to give you my two cents, which is I have bought properties where I've seen uh, the rates and taxes sitting on 15,000. Uh, and I've got another property down the road within that same street and rates and taxes is on a thousand rand. And when I did my investigations, I realized that, well, the council had actually come out and they, they'd given a, a notice to these people to say, refrain from doing A, B, C, D. And the people ignored it and the rates were taken up to 2,000 to 10,000 and now it's on 15,000. Uh, and they, they are now almost wanting to do another step. What has been your experience when it comes to uh, the property that you own you are not utilizing it for what it's meant for. You're utilizing it for something else. And now you're in, in, in trouble. What happens? All right. Let me maybe also say 30% of the projects that we get are what we call formalization. So it means people have been running things illegal. They've been now caught by being given a notice or a fine or someone has reported them. Now we are trying to assist them to formalize. Okay, right. so one of the challenges with this thing and the repercussions are council has a right to close you down if you don't comply. That, that is on your first, Yes, the first thing they will send you, a, they will come on site to inspect after they have a complaint. Then they give you a notice of intent to say formalize, meaning submit an application to legalize or formalize whatever that you are doing. Okay. And they will so, normally so give you a time to say, give you four. Yes, yes. Okay. 
Yeah. So then they will, they will say, we give you anything between 20, uh, 14 to 21 days. Then they will come, come back after 21 days, find you they didn't do anything. Then they can give you a fine starting from 5,000 going up. Then they write you wow. a notice, the fine, then they give it to you there to say, it has to be paid within 14 to 21 days. You don't comply with that. They have a right now to report you to their finance department to keep on increasing the rates to a point where it's like fire. You know, I start burning you with a stick of a matches, then I pour a little bit of paraffin, then the next thing it's petrol, you start now feeling the heat slowly, but 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 truly. And that is normally done where council does not have money or time or the powers or the resources to take you to court because they have a right to give you the fine or take you to court, and a court can give you now a judgment to say, seize what you are doing or formalize, you see. So the other repercussions that can come is that if the building was to burn and you were, had the right for 10 students, but you have 20 and you had insured your building, the insurance is not gonna pay for anything more than what you were supposed to be having. Or it might not even end up paying at all because you went against the agreement that you have 10 students, but now a properties of 20 students have banned or even some students have banned in there because now it means you are running an illegal land use or illegal facility. So it's better to comply, to follow the law, to do the right thing because later on it catches up. We had an incident where a building cracked and it, it, it happened that as, as it cracked, one wall fell on top of one person who was in that building to only find out it was a normal warehouse, but people have turned it into a residential accommodation. The owner was arrested and was, was, was persecuted, went to court and was, I think, sentenced about five years or so. Because luckily that person didn't die. It was, it was an illegal activity that they were conducting on that property. So my advice would be, rather be within the law. Sometimes it takes time, it will take you money, but it's gonna save you a lot of hassles down in the future or in the latter years. It's gonna save you a whole lot of trouble and a whole lot of money. 100%. And yet the process actually to, uh, to ask for consent uh, in terms of the risk that you have and in terms of what you can pay, uh, the amount of paying is, is to me, is now back, it becomes insignificant. Uh, I mean, going to jail for five years, I mean, these are worst case scenarios. Consent, uh, we did say, when you're asking for consent, we did say, and I'm just concluding here, it takes anything from six months to 12 months, but I mean, there is no end on the 12 months because right now we're in COVID and the resources are not even there uh, at the council. Uh, so, but asking for consent is, it takes much less time than zoning or doing the other processes. That's what I'm hearing, Adrizan. Yes, yes, a consent would, would normally between, be between three to six, to six months on a normal in, in environment because it doesn't need a whole lot of activities than a rezoning that can take you anything between six to 12 months on a rezoning, yes. Boom, you had it right. And that was Dumisani and where we were talking about what, like consent, asking for consent. And we were talking about, you know, you've got your property, you've bought it in whatever uh, zoning that it's got. It might be business and you're wanting to ask for something else. It might be residential and you're wanting to ask for something else. It's always better to ask for consent. And we're gonna end it here, but if this is something that you've been enjoying watching, We'll check you out on the next visit uh, on the next video. Cheers.